your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. I was just reading something about um, Tyler Lockett being accused of ripping Russell Wilson based on a tweet. And then he had to go to Twitter later saying people need to stop reaching. I've said this quote like five, ten times, whatever his quote was. Uh, it's amazing we can what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. And people naturally in today's media, oh, what was he talking about? He must be talking about Russell Wilson. That has to be a shot at Russell Wilson. And then Lockett has to go defend it. I mean, come on now. We are so pathetic. It is really embarrassing being a member of the media. I'm not even in the media. I don't care that I'm on TV and radio. I'm not the media. I don't want to be associated with the media. It's ridiculous. Who runs with these stories? Oh, Tyler Lockett, it's amazing where we're going to come. That's a shot at Russell Wilson. Oh, look, Aaron Judge unfollowed the Yankees on Instagram. I mean, the, the, come on now. We're, we're so pathetic. And I shouldn't say where. I'm not taking blame for it. You're so pathetic. You and the media out there trying to create stories out of nothing. Pathetic. Jim is calling from New Windsor, New York. What's up, Jim? Hey, Sal. How you doing? How are you, Jim? Good, good. Uh, I'm a Long time Jets fan. I go back to the days of Shea Stadium and watching Ray Guy kick field goals and stands and stuff like that. Um, so I've been watching this team a long time. Uh, anywho, uh, Denzel Mims, what's his story? Well, I mean, I think he's been a disappointment. He's a good blocker. I've learned that in the last few weeks. But what, what do you mean, what's his story? Well, I mean, I've been watching him through the preseason and what. A lot of chances he gets during the regular season here. He hasn't dropped the ball yet. Not one. Um, he may not be in bounds, but he hasn't dropped the ball. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, is that all? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think he's gotten a, a bit of an opportunity here, especially with what's gone on, obviously, with uh, Elijah Moore. But I, I'm not sure that they believe in Mims being a great talent receiving the football. Like I said, I think he's done a nice job blocking, at least I've noticed in the last couple of weeks. But... What do you what, what like? What are you expecting? You want Mims to? You think he can be a I weapon? I would like to see the guy uh, be targeted more, uh, especially when he's in the slot. Um, I think he's a very effective receiver in the slot. And during the fourth quarter of the Giants game, was really the in the preseason. The uh, preseason was the only time he really got an opportunity to showcase his talents. And yeah. once again, he you see, I don't, I don't think he's a slot guy myself. I think if anything, uh, it would be Eli Moore that I'd like to see in the slot position. But, you know, with the, with the Jets, who knows how they're going to work it here with the receivers and, and was trying to give some looks to Eli Moore. It seems like all they do is throw to Conklin or Garrett Wilson. I'll say this. Wilson is an absolute stud. I mean, he, he's the no-doubt number one receiver. I like myself. I don't like Mims in the slot. I personally would like to see Eli Moore there more. So, And I know they got Barrios there, but... Man, I was thinking that Eli Moore, when they first drafted him, could be a Jamison Crowder type. And, I mean, look, maybe more than that. Um, but clearly he has not been used here, much to his dismay, and that's led to a whole thing. 
I don't think, though, you're going to see Denzel Mims. And it's just me. I don't, I don't think you're going to see him being a, a, a major impact here for this Jets receiving team, uh, for the Jets receiving core. Huh, that's too bad because he was, uh, they spent a lot of money on the Jets draft pick, a lot of, uh, Well, he wasn't even getting, I mean, he wasn't even getting any action before Corey Davis. You know, Corey Davis goes down, Eli Moore goes on his little, you know, tangent, and then, uh, Denzel Mims gets an opportunity. But I, I mean, based on, when everybody's been healthy, it it hasn't been there haven't been opportunities for Denzel Mims. So based on that, I would think that the coaching staff is not uh, necessarily high on him any longer. But I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe he can make the most of his opportunities and and go out there and take advantage of it. That's too bad. Uh, and Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Um, when you watch the guy play, he's he comes into the he, he takes the snap. He's looking out there, and he just he just decides in his mind, I gotta run. Now I don't know if it's because very tucking out, you know, per se, that he had he had no time at all in the pocket to, to make the decision, but he seems to be just indecisive in, in what he wants to do when he's dropped back to throw that ball. You know. Right, and, well that's that's and, something and that's gotta change. Not that his is to run. Well, he never runs up in the pocket, he's always walking backwards, you know. That's also something that's got to stop. You can't be running backwards. You know, he's trying. See, that's the thing with him. He doesn't have patience. And thank you for the call, Jim. Appreciate you checking in. Zach Wilson has showed the lack of patience over and over again, whether it's not throwing the football away or not throwing it far enough or running backwards, trying to make something happen. Now, he can turn nothing into something with that escapability. But he also you know, can't keep running 10, 15 yards backwards and holding the football out there and potentially fumbling that thing or, or taking a sack for a loss of 15 or 20. You can't do that. Those are all things that you hope he's going to learn. Remember, we're still basically dealing with a rookie quarterback. He's barely played. He started 18 games. And, you know, he's injured for a part of last year, injured for a part of this year. We need to see a fully healthy Zach Wilson get some run here consistently and have it to where there's a balance where, all right, he's not throwing the ball, you know, 41 times, but he's also not throwing it 13 times. You want to see him, you know, somewhere in the middle of the happy zone in the 30s. Maybe between 30, 35 pass attempts. Or around, you know, 30, 31, something like that. And see what he could do with it. They have weapons. Now, I know they were hurt, as we mentioned, with Hall and Vera Tucker going down. That sucks. And no Corey Davis right now, who, before he went down, was their second guy. They throw to him a lot. Uh, And even before Wilson was there, with uh, Flacco throwing to him. But with Garrett Wilson and with, you know, even Eli Moore, if he could get his mind right, the Jets should have plenty of guys to be able to throw the football to. I'd like to see Wilson start to clean up those little things, show some discipline. If a play's not there, yeah, okay, you could extend it within reason, but if a play's not there, live to play another down. Not every play is going to be a home run. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Good morning, Hector. Good morning, man. Hector? I got it. Give uh, this uh, guy, Chris, some credit. I think it was his name right before the break. Because he nailed it on Daniel Jones. That's exactly how I feel with Daniel Jones, man. You know, he's being managed well. He's not making mistakes. I mean, I said this before. I did a couple of days ago. But I, I, I had to give him credit because I felt like he, 
he broke it down pretty well. Um, as far as uh, the bullying topic, man, let me stop bullying people. But I want to tell you about some bullies. You know where there's some real bullies is out here on these roads. Uh, it, 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 like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, you can't even do the speed limit out here. Oh, no, people are right you. up behind you if you're doing the speed limit. It's incredible. Yeah. It's well, what are you doing the speed limit crazy. for? Step on it, will you? Well, listen, there's only but so much you can step on it. I'm not riding right on the speed limit, but a little bit over it. And today, it's it's wet out here, so you're trying to be a little cautious. Mm. And you got, look, I'm doing 55 on the West Side Highway. It's a 50 mile an hour. You're doing 55 on the West Side Highway? I mean, you know, you know I don't know. I guess it's called, the, whatever it's called, further up. But there's no lights. Not, not down here in the city where there's lights. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Right. Further up. You know, coming down from, like, the heights and then Harlem and all that. And... You got people going by, like, it got to be at least 70. <laughs> Wasting by it now. Dude, come uh, right on you, high beam. I'm in the middle lane, cruising, <laughs> high beaming me. There's nobody next to me. Ghost beside me. Like, what the uh, heck, man? Yeah, I don't know how and you I'm deal with it on the road. I, I, can't, I can't take it on the road either. It's the same thing. You, you feel like you're like, there are people that are going 30 in the left lane, and then there are people that are doing 90 yeah. blowing by you all over the place. It's... Yeah, you, yeah. De- you, de- you definitely get some of those thirties in the left lane. You do get that. That's a whole other frustration. Um, you know, the more I, I think it. about it, the more I think about it, I just don't want to deal with anybody or anything anymore. I want to wake <laughs> up and not leave my house. Order Uber Eats, hang out with my wife and kid, and then until they oh, drive me nuts, please. and I'll go downstairs okay, on my own. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with them. I mean, I think Al's on to something <laughs> here. I've had it. I've had enough of it. You can't go anywhere. Listen, no, man, I, if I'm honest, I have my days, too, where it's like, you know what? I wish I could just lock it up. Just lock it up and not do anything. But just bring me whatever I need and that's it. But, you know, you got to come out here and make a living. Um, what I was going to say, so I, I, I guess I was a little confused watching BNNY today, listening to you. But then I, it got even more confused <laughs> listening to you earlier today, speaking to another caller. And, and about the payroll and the mess. And to me, because the topic I'm being in why came up of maybe doing extensions with uh, Alonzo and McNeil. Right. And you seemed a little opposed to that, saying, you know, why waste money on them now when you could do that later? And, and well, it's not, that I, it's not that I'm opposed to it. What I was saying is that... And for those of you who weren't watching BNNY at 6 o'clock yesterday on SNY, and you should be watching Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. on SNY. Anyway, we were talking about Alonzo. When's the right time to extend them or lock them up? Should they be looking at it? All I was saying is I wouldn't make it a priority right now because there are bigger fish to fry. Alonzo's under contract. He's coming back. So there's no need to get into it right at this particular moment. And one of the advantages that the Mets have with the richest owner in the sport is that if he were to hit free agency... Well, they don't have to lose him. I mean, they could just pay him whatever the going rate is at the time. Now, obviously, if you want to get a bargain and have him under team control and you know think you could get a little bit of a, a discount for locking up um, you know, him now when it doesn't have to be done, fine. Then you could do that. But I don't think that it should be urgent for the Mets. I mean, you realize, at least to me, it's a little contradictory to say, oh, we had the richest owner in sports, but then also say, you know, you want to be a little bit responsible, but you can't. Spend money on everyone. You could have the highest, the highest paid player at every position. Like, you understand? Like, to me, it kind of doesn't make too much sense. Well, but but let me let me try to help you understand what I'm saying. Just be 
Uh, yeah, yeah, no, of course. We got plenty of time here. I mean, I'm going till 5 a.m. I don't get You want to take it till 4? Uh, be, be my guest yeah, here. Right. I'm shot anyway. Anyway, um, so let me let me just explain to you. There's a difference. I'm not saying that they got to go out there and sign everybody to a $30 million contract. What I'm saying is that Alonzo right now is not a priority. And, yes, the Mets do have a the richest owner in the sport, meaning that when they find players or have players that they want to keep or lock up long term, then he should be able to go out there and get that done, whether it's DeGrom this year who, I mean, he, you know, maybe they want him back and maybe he wants $40, 45000000 million, then go out there and, and give him that contract if you want. But my thing is if you're going to have limitations, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't or should. I don't know what he's going to do. They have the highest payroll in baseball. And I was the one, Hector, last year, if you remember, that was saying when fans, you know, after they got Scherzer and Marte and Escobar and everybody else, they were saying, oh, go get Chris Bryant. I was like, you got to be realistic. Like, you can't just go get everybody. So I don't think that they should be able to go out there and get everybody, but they will never let a guy that they really want walk. And Alonzo is a guy that, assuming he's going to maintain his pace, they're never going to let him walk, ever. Whether it's they lock him up now or later, he's not going anywhere. No, and that's great. I, did, I mean, and two things to that, and then we could move on real quick. Mm-hmm. But, like, I also don't want to just be out giving out bad contracts. Just because we oh we want to get this guy and the only way to get him is because we're throwing the most money at him whatever mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter because we have the richest owner and then at the end of the contract you're still gonna pay people can say yeah it's, you still pay because at one point or another they say you know what I don't want to pay this luxury tax crap and then the thing is I also don't want to take guys off you know what I'm saying I don't want to have guys pissed off so if you got a guy like Alonzo who appears like he enjoys being here who appears like he would like to be a man whatever. We love them as fans. The team loves them. If we can come to a reasonable deal, fair on both sides, why not? That's the less headache that you have to worry about for a few years. And then you can go out and keep going and get all these other right. guys. Um, the other thing is, <laughs> I've been wanting to bring this up to you for a couple of days. but And I guess it's twofold. One is, I don't like this hybrid DH stuff. and I don't like this hybrid player stuff too much. Like, there's too much specialist. Before, it was like you had lefty specialists coming out of the bullpen. Now you got specialists for everything. A specialist that can hit lefties, a specialist that can hit righties, a guy that can hit this lane and that lane. Drives me insane. Can we just get ball players? But what do you, I wouldn't mind if the Mets take a look and see what's going on with Conforto. Oh, God. No. 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 Hey, do you want to get bullied right now? What are you bringing up Conforto for? You're not going to bully me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, why not? Like, cause, you know why it's not? Because I look around and I don't really... Listen, you want to go crazy. I think they should be having an eye on Cespedes. But you don't want to talk about that. No, no, I, I know. I look at Cespedes out there. You're insane. The, Say, uh, well, what are they... For the softball team that the Mets are going to have at City Field? Cespedes, he's washed up. It's over. He might be. But if the dude plays again in Major League Baseball, I would have loved to be, it to be with the Mets. Oh, you're living in the past. I mean, come on. I, and I love Cespedes, too. But I, I, just, I don't see who's available out there. I really don't. Like, who's out there that you can be like, yeah, bring this guy in, and, and, and it's going to really make a difference. Like, the guys are talking about bringing Vogel back. back. <laughs> I take them forward on Cespedes and Vogel back any day. I don't care about all this. Um, well, I agree with that. I, I would take I would take Conforto back over Vogel back, no doubt about it. And then, and lastly, you know, I, I've been thinking since we last spoke or whatever. Um, you know, 
It's two things. <laughs> I think the thing with me with this team mostly is, for whatever reason, besides like maybe McNeil, Alonzo, you guys, I don't like a lot of the guys on this team. <laughs> I, you know, I don't like Cannon as a ball player. I don't like Lindor as a personality. <laughs> I, What's wrong like, with you? What kind of person are you? How do you not like Lindor, Mr. Smiles? Did you see him smiling so on the much? That's that. You don't even hear that. I like Lindor. He played every game but one. I mean, no, no. he had a good year. Listen, this year, this no, no, this year he was he was good. I, I can't really talk bad about him. I just you know you know I came in and I really like him. So the point is, You're I, a I hater. I am. The the only way, <laughs> the only time I, I think I will be happy again with this team is September next year. I'm sorry. I got to get to September next year and see where they are. That's a long way away. I, I mean, I, I'm trying I to get know. to September next and year I'm myself. Like, How am I going to get through the summer? Yeah. How am I going to get through a baseball season? I hope that changes. Maybe they, they make some moves, whatever. And All right, here's what's going to happen. Let me, let me help oh. you out, Hector. Here, here's what's going to happen. And thank you for the call. As always, I appreciate you checking in. And be careful out there. Don't let anybody bully you on the roads or in life. Lesson learned. But also be safe. Here's what's going to happen. It's still, what are we, is today November 1st? Oh, crap. It's November 1st. It's about a month, a little, what, three weeks or whatever since the Mets got bounced? Exactly a month since they got swept in in Atlanta, whatever that uh, weekend series was there. It will, time will heal your wounds. And, you know, Thanksgiving will come around. You'll be into the Giants and Cowboys. You'll be into the football year with the Jets and Giants. You'll start getting into the Knicks and Jalen Brunson and complaining about how they didn't get Donovan Mitchell and R.J. Barrett can't shoot and Mitchell Robinson doesn't do enough. You'll be into all that. Then you get Christmas coming up and you'll be worried about Christmas and all that's going on there and maybe even call a little bit about the Rangers And along the way, you'll start to hear some things about some of the moves the Mets are going to make, and that'll get you excited. Who's coming? Who's going? That'll get you excited. And then by February, by March, you'll be ready to go. You're not going to be worried about September. You're going to be amped up for opening day and seeing the new Mets, the 2023 Mets, take the field. That's how it works. Right now, it's still too fresh. You're still bothered at how the season ended. You're still watching the Phillies tonight. Still watching the Phillies and Astros in the World Series. Once it's over, then you could start to truly heal and move on. But time does heal all wounds. Hang in there, Hector. You'll be okay. And I'm here for you. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666, going till 5 a.m., the warm-up show with Al and Jerry then. Your calls, of course, until then, we've been talking mostly Jets and Zach Wilson, a little Giants and Daniel Jones sprinkled in. I'm ready to talk some baseball, some World Series. Taco Frank is calling from Hamilton, New Jersey. What's up, Taco Frank? My man, Sal, what's going on? Uh I was just waiting for Hector to ask for David Wright and Butch Husky to come back, man. He's going through everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I miss well, those guys. 
you go like three, four nights sometimes with no calls. I think there's like a blog out there, and all the idiots decide they're going to get you on the same night. <laughs> like, well, what a what a wacky night of calls you had. I mean, it's but it's only. I mean, I don't know how many calls we've taken so far, you know, since midnight, but. It's only maybe three that got under my skin. I think, I think yeah, you're three, you're three or four for tonight. Man. I, I'm going to get you on something here, man. First things first. I don't know if you ever hear yourself on the Odyssey app, but it drives me nuts. They play the same commercials over and over again. And I must have heard this turkey commercial a hundred times where they say, uh, the most important thing about your Thanksgiving turkey is making sure it was killed humanely and justly. And that your guests are going to ask you, bro. I tell you right now, my Uncle Tony, my Uncle Vinny, the first question they ask to my wife every time is, how big's the bird? <laughs> like, they, they don't ever, they never once have asked how the bird was killed. Oh. But, uh, but I, you I know what? I'm going to have to bring that up now. I am not familiar with this. Uh, I don't have a problem with it, of course. Eddie Ed is a friend of mine. So uh, <laughs> just check it, download the free Odyssey app and listen to all the turkey commercials you want. Uh, but anyway, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, I'm just messing with you, buddy. Um, hey, I want to know here. Do you give, uh, you know, I sat out there in the rain tonight, but uh, you know, do you give the Phillies a shot here? It's a little surprising. They're going uh, Ranger tomorrow. Nola game four. I don't know if you heard the uh, the rest of the rotation. They announced Syndergaard's going to go five. They're given if he doesn't pitch in in game three or four. Yeah. They said, yeah, if if they don't bring him in relief, but uh, Wheeler's not going to go to six now. They're going to give him the extra day again, which makes you think, you know, there, there's probably something. Uh, Something there, you know. Uh, they gave him the extra day the, the last time as well, and he, you know, he he hasn't gone above ninety pitches the last like seven starts now. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's something there. They still wanted to pitch game six. No, why you would have him start game five and not save him for game six? I mean, you figure you bring him. Mean, he's kind of the ace. Him and you know, he's been better than Nola. You know, just the last right. But wouldn't you there. wouldn't you want him? See, I'd feel like the softer landing spot for Syndergaard would be at home. And you could go to the bullpen. And, you know, Syndergaard's a bullpen game. He's not He's not really a starter anymore. So he may go three innings max, but it's really a bullpen game with him. I'd rather have Wheeler on the road. Now, look, maybe they depend. See how it, see how it goes here. If they have a chance to close out the series in five, maybe a different story. I'd like to have Wheeler in my back pocket on the road in Houston if need be. And even if it's on extra rest, you know what, even more so. It helps out a little bit. My, I'm thinking you have regular rest on five, and then you know maybe you get a couple innings out of them on seven. You know you've got a, a rest oh, right. day in between. You've got a rest day in between there, so you know you've seen enough guys. You know do it over the years. You know the Johnsons and uh, Bur- uh, well, game Bungard seven right now. Them. Game seven right now will be Suarez, and I'm assuming Nola. Maybe you could back him up if need be. I, I think it's Nola and the kitchen sink kind of deal. Yeah, right. You know, exactly. I, I mean Nola's going forward, and now by the rain out tonight, the thing that. And I know his World Series record is not great, but I don't think that means a whole lot. But now you're getting Verlander four and seven, so uh, you know on on somewhat regular rest now too because of the way all these off days work out. Yeah, he's been getting tattooed anyway, Verlander. But yeah, I get it. I mean, look, the, the rain. I hate that it's impacted the postseason the way that it has. It's a part of it. I mean, I'm not sure if it's more so this year than anything else. I'm not sure if the schedule because of the lockout had pushed things back. If that screwed things up as well, but. It just feels like it's had more of an impact on this year's postseason than I can remember in recent years. Yeah, it, it has. It's been a, a lot of different rain days. But I know you're in the prediction business, but I'm going to ask you for one anyway. What do you have here? Uh, well, I mean, you want mine from the beginning of not, the series? Not, not, not who you No, one-to-one right now. I mean, not who you want. You know, but what do you I mean, I just, you know, rooting for the Phillies, obviously. I just don't, uh, I don't see it. You know, I, I you know, I 
we got the mojo, but I just think all this rain, all the off days, you know, they had six days off, you know, in between the series, you know, I just, uh, uh-huh. all this off time, I think kind of killed all that magic they had, so to speak. And, uh, you know, with his pitching and everything, the way the Astros are rolling, it's, I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, the Astros, I think, are better. So I'm going to stick with my original pick, which was the Astros in six games. And I say that not because I don't like the Phillies. And and truth be told, I find myself watching these games rooting for the Phillies. I can't believe it. I want to hate them. I want to root against them. Division rivals with the Mets. Their fans are going to be able to talk trash, all that stuff. But I actually don't hate the Phillies. And I feel like, you know, I'm I'm rooting for Bryce Harper. Part of me is rooting for Harper, rooting for Zach Wheeler. I love JT Real Muto. The Phillies have been such a good story. Robbie Thompson, easy guy to root for. So I I feel like I'm rooting. And, you know, I want to see Dusty Baker get his as well. But I feel like a part of me is rooting for the Phillies. So this is not an anti-Phillies thing. It's just that I think the Astros are better. And I think eventually... The Phillies' run will run out here, and I feel like the Strohs will get it in six. Yeah, I'll tell you, seeing as many games as I do, you say it all the time, but I can't believe the Mets passed up on Real Muto. He's such a idiots. pleasure to watch, man. Oh, it's so, idiots. It drives me up a wall, Taco Frank, and thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. Enjoy the World Series. Oh, that, that one drives me nuts because they did it twice. They should have traded for him when the Phillies traded for him. That's the first time. And then again, when he was a free agent, that's on Alderson. Because Steve Cohen was here, there should have been no excuse. They could have went out there, and I would rather them have gotten Real Muto and Springer than I would Lindor. Matter of fact, I think that's probably who I was campaigning for at the time. I forget, but I was definitely beating that Springer drum. Yeah, right. So I wanted both those guys because I knew it wasn't realistic to get, like, you know, Arenado. Orlandor and Springer and Real Muto, but those were the two guys that I wanted. So, all right, you get Lindor, fine, but, and and that's kind of why I was okay with McCann at the time because I was like, okay, well, their big move was Lindor, even though it wouldn't be the move that I would make. Still, you could get McCann and take care of catching and then go get Springer. So, not only did they not get Real Muto, they didn't get Springer either. Well, if I knew that was going to be the case, I would have said, just get McCann there. Just get uh, Real Muto then. Forget McCann. But they didn't want to wait for the market on Real Muto. So, I mean, think about the difference. That move cost the Mets potentially a World Series. That one move alone. You add JT Real Muto to the Mets? That's the bat. I mean, that is the bat that they're missing. It's infuriating. Oh, all the money that they spend, they couldn't go the extra mile to get Real Muto between the difference in him and McCann, which is worthless. If you ask Steve Cohen now, if he would go back and know the difference in the money, which one would he rather have? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Real Muto and spend the extra whatever it is and actually get productivity out of it. That and Kyle Schwarber. Not that you needed everything, but if the Mets knew the production that they would get from Kyle Schwarber and what they, you know, combine that with the production that they got from J.D. Davis and Dom Smith, they would have spent the money on Schwarber. Those two mistakes that they made that cost them dearly. And I knew it at the time with Real Muto. I didn't make as big of a deal with Schwarber. It would have been nice, but it felt like, eh. I thought the Mets would be okay at D.H. 
maybe it was a little bit overkill for all the spending that they did. Well, it turns out that was wrong. They needed that bat. But had they gotten Real Muto in the first place, which they should have done. You know what this is the equivalent of? It just hit me now. This is the same exact thing. Jason Bay and Matt Holiday. It's the same thing. They went the cheaper. Is it route or route, Fleegs? Route? Route? Either. Okay, well, whatever. We'll go route here. They went the cheaper route yet again. Different owner, same thing. Cheaper route with Jason Bay. Oh, we like the way he pulls the ball at City Field in this ballpark and these dimensions. Instead of going all in and getting the better player in Matt Holiday, they settled for the cheaper option, and you get what you pay for. They did the same thing years later with Real Muto and McCann. They went with the cheaper option, thought that they were going to get a bargain and similar productivity. They didn't get it. Stewart is calling from Brooklyn. Good morning, Stewart. Oh, you said it right on the head with Real Muto. You know that? <coughs> you know, Real Muto. All right. Yeah, you're right. Of course, Sal. Sal, you, you sound like uh, Real Muto was like 84 when they were going into 85 when they did the right thing and got uh, number eight. Yeah, I recall. Number Made the eight. trade for the kid. For the kid. The kid brought them a championship in '86. He was a big part of that. And then watching them, watching them back then. Were you a Met fan at the time? Uh, yes. Yeah, no, I knew. Sixty-two that. to two thousand. Mm-hmm. Sixty-two okay. to two thousand. <laughs> nice timing, Stuart. Sal, Sal, I am so I'm still fuming about last week's total stupid decision by uh, somebody that should go home already. Who's that? How? Oh, go, well, he's not oh, going anywhere. Well, look, he's not going anywhere, but he keeps on getting more and more blinded by two people that are selling the wrong kind of uh, strategy, analytics, and all that, all that nonsense. Come on. They, they are just, this is ridiculous. It's giving me a headache. Really? Are you kidding me? And let's say this much. They better resign, resign Judge. They better resign Judge. And I was talking to Mike. He said, they're going to resign Judge and do nothing else. And what do we got? The same story next year. The yeah, same well, they're coming, right, they're coming back. Nothing has been decided officially, but the speculation is that, oh, the Yankees might be worried that Brian Cashman, if he were to you know, hit the open market or whatever, he could go and, and the Mets would get him or many other teams would be Let lining up for his services. Let yeah, them have right. him. Let right. them have him. No. Why, why can't they be smart and bring in Theo? I say, here, come here, please. And I'm sure Theo would grab it because that would be another reclamation project to go on his resume. Well, right? I mean, it would be another big organization that he another could go to and turn around. Yeah. Which he would turn around. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, not not quite turn around. I mean, you're turning around from what? They did win 99 games and finish and in first place. What they, what they do? Flame out? Yeah, well, they I mean... They flamed out. They crashed and burned. No, they didn't flame out. They got swept in the postseason. Yeah, they got, like, the, uh, the, I remember that a comedian in 85, and no, in, in uh, oh, uh, 15, what was his name? James Brewer or something like that? Yeah, yeah, Jim Brewer. Yeah, Jim Brewer. He said, they just got swept. <laughs> <laughs> the Mets, the Nationals. 
I can't stop laughing when he says that. I see it on SMY. They go smack. You know, I used to like Jim Brewer, and then I had an issue with him once on my radio show when I was down on the minors at OR. I forget what it was at the time, but he was saying something stupid, and I, I feel like I called him out for it. I don't know if it was a... I, I don't think it was a political opinion, but there was something going on with with Jim Brewer that turned me right, off to him. Right. I was a fan of his. I thought he was great on SNL, and I know he's a huge Met fan. For the record, I don't have any issue with him, but no. I did back then. But the thing is, the Theo would be able to write the ship a little bit, and the first thing he would do is get rid of Boom, please, take take Jan Stenner out and let him hit a field goal from 55 yards out with Boone's head. <laughs> what? Take who out? Like through the uprights. Oh, Stuart, now you're resorting to violence. That's never the answer. Now, it, it's to a point where I can't stand watching him in the dugout. Mm, so you want you know, somebody to punt his head? No, kick a field goal. Oh, kick a field goal. Sorry. <laughs> who did you say Who did you say to do that? Jan Stenerud. Oh, I, I'm not familiar with him. Back in the 60s. Oh, come on, Stuart. Reference somebody more relevant here. We're trying to get younger. Uh, Okay, how about Steve O'Neill? No, no, still not there. How about Ray Guy? Matt Barr? How about Matt Barr? Mm, Ray Guy. Yeah, how about Jay Feely? That's a little more. Oh, yeah, okay, Jay Feely. Can I tell you who my favorite kicker of all time is? Oh, who? Morton Anderson. Oh, I liked him, too. Yeah. He's a good kicker. Oh, he was a great kicker. Uh, How about that guy, Goskowski? How about, um, what the hell is his name? Well, Tucker. How about Tucker? Oh, yeah, Vinatieri, not bad. Guskowski, whatever. How about uh, Tucker from the Ravens? He's good. Yeah. All right, so we'll go with him. So you want Tucker to, to boot Aaron Boone's head through a field goal post? That's right. And he, let's hit it from 75 yards out. Wow. I mean, that's still... <laughs> 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 oh, let me ask you, is Rihanna going to be safe at halftime? Oh, I mean, what do you think? Of course he's going to be safe. The yeah. bomb is going to be there. Well, that, that I have to watch, man. Yeah, that, you, you don't care who's smart. in the game. You'll be watching that halftime show. I'm here to watch that halftime show. I, I want... See. Now, where are you watching the Super Bowl? Do you know? Oh. You'll be at home watching it or what? At home. I want a video... Yeah, but Fleas goes my house. I don't think... We don't got a, a, enough room over there for you. Um, not uh, At least we'll let you know if we do or not, Stuart. But I want a video of you watching the halftime show. That's what I want this year, oh, okay? Wait, what, you don't have a phone? You have a smartphone? What? What kind of phone? You want me to take a video of me watching halftime? Yes, I do. Have your oh, sister God. do it or something. I'm going to watch it. I, no, I want you to watch it. I want a live reaction of Stu's house, and I want to see you watching Rihanna, the live reaction. Now, look, you got to keep it clean, but I want to see a live. <laughs> now, now you expect to keep it clean? Oh, okay. Stuart, like, that's not going to happen. Oh, Stuart. That's not going to be happening. Not with that girl. Stuart, I you're you yeah, always no, you let's, always let's entertain get back me. To oh, we're we still going. Okay, what do you got? Yeah, we're going to keep on going. Mm-hmm. One more thing. One more thing. What? I have got. I'll tell you one thing. They better resign Judge. Yeah, no, you told me that thing before. No, I think now they will resign Judge. Don't you feel confident they will? No. Uh, me neither. No, I don't feel confident. Where is he going to the Giants? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What year did what year did the Giants bolt to San Francisco? 57. Oh, there you go. Almost how many years later now would it be? 65. Is that where we're at? And whatever. It sounds good to me. 65 years later, Aaron Judge will follow suit. Just like the... 
66 if he signs after the new year, Fleek says. So that's the math. Good job, Stuart. You were right on top of that. Uh-huh. Here we go. 66 <laughs> years later, Judge will be leaving uh, New York as well for San Francisco. They, they, they can't let that happen. And if they don't? If they don't, mm, I'm coming home. You're going back, Stuart? Yes! That's what yeah. I want to hear. That's what we've been waiting for. Sal, if they don't resign them, I go back. I'm coming home. All right, so now it is on record, 3.43 in the morning on this Tuesday. Thank you for the call, Stuart. You are on record. If the Yankees do not re-sign Aaron Judge, doesn't matter where he goes, could go to San Francisco, could go wherever, the Dodgers. It's not happening with the Mets. I'd love to tweak, but it's not happening. Wherever he goes, if he leaves, Stewart is back. Back with the blue and orange. I have a vested interest in where Aaron Judge ends up now. Isn't that great? We're going to hold him to it. We'll get him out to opening day. He can take a picture with the franchise statue, and away we go. He wanted to come back anyway. He's hoping Judge doesn't resign. He wants to boot Aaron Boone's head 75 yards through the field goal post. A front-running gold digger, Stewart. Well, you know what? We'll take you. Plenty of room. But once you stay, once you come back aboard, that's it. There is no more switching back. If Judge leaves, Stewart is back. You heard it here. 877-337-6666. Quick break. More of your calls on the side. Jets and Zach Wilson. Is he the guy? We talked a little Daniel Jones and the Giants as well as they head into their bye week off of a loss, but a good two first quarters to the season for the Giants, as Brian Dable likes to put it where the Giants are 6-2 and two heading into that bye week. Uh, you know, recap week eight as well. Look ahead uh, a little bit uh, while we're at it. I mean, we mentioned a little bit with Kyrie Irving and the Nets. They actually got a win last night, but Kyrie, yet again, the problem where didn't want to meet the media afterward, and why would he? And even when he does, he's never pleasant anyway. Kyrie Irving, nothing but problems since coming. Well, really, it's been before since coming to Brooklyn. It's been with Cleveland, with Boston, and then, of course, No one's surprised, except maybe Brooklyn themselves, but he's been a problem in Brooklyn as well. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. saying before about the difference between Real Muto and James McCann. Now, it's pretty significant, but still, so is the production. Real Muto got five years, $115 million over the total value of the contract. So that's $23 million per year. James McCann got four years for $40 million. So you saw what the Mets were trying to do there. They say they thought they were going to get a catcher that was going to be similar production, maybe a guy that you're buying low and hoping that the upside could be where Real Muto's was except and and maybe get Real Muto to come down a little bit and figure that hey you know what for our value basically 13 million a year we'll get the better player or or the better value and it couldn't be anything further from the truth as the Mets have basically flushed 40 million down the drain so would you rather spend an extra 75 million bucks and have the significantly better player. I mean, the Phillies did, and look where they are. They're in the World Series. 
Is that right? Fleegs the well, it's Marathon? also only, what, what do we Four say? Four years, too. Uh, 40, 115 and 45, right, so 75. And then it ends up being about 13 million a year average. Because I think we said it was Miramoto is 23 right. and McCann is 10. Right. You want to make this even be sicker. When you Google JT Riamuto contract, so the first thing that comes up is the spot track article. They're great. They track all these right. contracts. Then they have like the people also ask the first story after that. Seriously, if you just Google JT Real Muto contract, the headline is it's from May 31st of this year. So this is right around the time, maybe right after the Phillies oh. fired Girardi. JT Real Muto isn't earning what the Phillies are paying him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That changed. Yeah. In a hurry. Right. And now look, we would have been ripping him in this town if he wasn't getting the job done, but Real Muto's been a stud. And he's been a stud. There's no question about it. And we knew at the time, I mean, he was a stud with the Marlins. When a guy like that becomes available, the Mets needed a catcher in the worst way. Go get him. By the way, the Yankees should have gotten involved in that as well. They didn't have a catcher either. Maybe if Brian Cashman didn't have an obsession with Gary Sanchez, maybe they could have gotten involved in that. Where were they on this? Is that move enough for you to denounce Sandy Olerson? Because I know I wanted Real Muto, too, and I, I was a dope. I believed that story that had been out there, which I guess was planted maybe by the Mets to make themselves seem a little bit better, that Real Muto has going to wait if, if Philly, you know, he likes Philly. If they offer him a deal, he's going to stay there, which, all right, makes sense. He got traded there. He's been there, wants to stay. He likes the clubhouse. Fine, whatever. Not much they can do. Turns out that's not really the case that, yeah, he did like it there, but if the Mets ponied up the money and offered him the right offer, he would have been a Met in December or January of last year when James McCann signed. That was like the one time I gave Sandy Olsen the benefit of the doubt. You know how I feel about Sandy. I'm never doing that again. Thankfully, I don't have to because he's gone, but I did. I, I excused him on that one move, and wow, was I wrong. My thinking at the time with that was... The way that it made it sound was Real Muto's not ready to sign yet. And Sandy and the Mets didn't want to wait. They wanted Because what happens if they wait? McCann gets off the market. Right, and, and then, then if Real Muto stays with Philly, then they have nothing. No, right, so, that, so I understood that thinking at the time. However, and remember, this is the first offseason with Cohen literally just taking over. So we were still kind of like, and we were also led to believe that okay, we didn't. Ju- they, they are, you know, from the Mets' perspective, we didn't just give Real Muto all this money. As soon as they signed McCann, I, you, every Mets fan said, okay, there's no chance in the world that George Springer is not a Mets. Well, that's that's my biggest issue is that at the time I thought for sure that okay, if this is where they're going to go, here you're cheaper with the catcher. Save some money to go big with the outfielder and obviously big with, with Lindor. Now, Lindor was already traded for at that point or no? No, Lindor got traded for in January and then obviously extended right before the season. And we could t- right after that, we kind of knew Steve Cohen was not happy with the way Sandy handled all this because Steve Cohen Trevor got Bauer. more enforced right the Trevor Bauer negotiations with it's a really good thing those blew up in the Mets' face and they didn't get him. And then Steve Cohen was you know really leading the charge to sit down with Lindor and get him to agree to an extension. And then less than a year later, Sandy Olerson is not running baseball operations with the Mets. So, yeah, Steve Cohen, I think, look, like us, looks back on this and says, well, how did we get this so wrong? Well, right. They had multiple opportunities. And at that time, they needed more. I was saying they needed three of the big names, at least two of the, uh, the three big names that were out there. 
Springer, Real Muto was talked about. Nolan Arenado was talked about. Francisco Lindor was talked about. And then they ended up with one of the big names. And, you know, had they signed Real Muto and Springer, part of the reason there was so much pressure on them to sign Lindor to an extension was because he was the big move, and it was time to signal right. that it was a new era of Mets baseball. Right, Lindor but wouldn't have been here. they already signed those two big contracts, they, probably, they maybe still make the trade for Lindor, but there's no pressure on them to sign him because, well, you just gave out $100-plus million to Real Muto and probably around 150 plus to Springer, so we know you're committed to spending. Let's see what Lindor does this year. Then if he still struggles, then they could have either moved on after 2021 or they would have still signed him and said, listen, we think he's going to be better in New York in year two, which was correct. But they would—I mean, he signed for three forty-one. At that point, what wouldn't did he sign close. for? Yeah, they wouldn't have gotten close. Uh, a half of that, right? And the other thing is, they like you said, they could have had their pick of the shortstops, where the contracts came way down, or they could have just signed Real Muto, signed Springer, and kept Rosario and Jimenez. Either all of the alternatives, whether it's keeping those two guys, Rosario and Jimenez, or making the trade, not extending Lindor, and then making the decision after last season to, all right, extend him for you know no more than $200 million. You're probably at that point after the season he had looking at more like you know, 7, 170, 180, if that much, or picking one of the other shortstops. It's looking, but this is going to be one of those all-time what-if met whiffs. Now, th- then you say, okay, well, you fast forward to this year, would they have gotten then Marte and Scherzer or whatever? It's never the perfect exact, you know, maybe they wouldn't have had uh, enough money to go out there and do all of that. But still, the point is they would have had Real Muto and Springer not only this year, last year. And they would have probably been better off last year as well as this year because Lindor gave them nothing anyway last year. And look at what Jimenez has turned into. So even if they didn't make that trade, and to your point, if they did make that trade, they could have gotten Lindor cheaper and right. saved and that money overall, anyway. the money's closer, so maybe they don't get Scherzer and all those guys, but maybe you're talking about three out of four. And then overall, when you're adding in, Real Muto and Springer are also there. Changes the entire look of this team. Yeah, and, and me, and like I said, those are the two guys that I wanted, but the one looking back, once they signed McCann, I was okay with it because I didn't want them to lose out on a catcher, and who knew what was really going on with Real Muto, but I was okay with it under the impression that they were going to go get multiple big bats. Even then, I mean, maybe we had too high expectations, but even then it was similar to the trade deadline. Okay, they got Lindor. Great, but like, but ne- but what's next? They're not, they were nowhere near good enough. And then it took till this offseason for them to go out there and get Scherzer and Marte. And even then we're like, okay, well, you still need one more. And that's been proven. It's proven. You want to get to that level. And I think Cohen knows it now. After two years doing it, he's got to understand that, all right, we're not close yet. And that's our own fault for not developing guys or whatever, but that's you know, that's something that hopes to be changed in the future. As of right now, they need to spend to to compensate for that. I think Cohen knew that when he took over the team. Like, listen, this is a bad remember the last, Mets were a last place team in twenty twenty. He knew the only way to compete early on was to spend a ton of money. And I think last year, twenty after the whole handling of that offseason, the first one we're talking about with Real Mudo, Springer, and Lindor, I think he knew, listen, we need more, but at that point in the offseason, there was nobody left to get. This offseason, I think they looked, the past one looked at it like, you know, we need a bunch of guys. That's why they got Scherzer, the best right. of the best that was available. Marte, Marte, who at the time was the best or one of the two or three best, you know, bats Outfielders, available. Yeah, he was. Right. And then they spread the wealth because they said, well, we really, we need so many guys in this lineup. So, you know, would we rather have a Schwarber or a Canna and an Escobar 
and maybe get somebody else for the bullpen and, you know, kind of just mm. spread that money all around. So they went that route. And I think, like you said, we, they filled up almost the entire lineup except for one position with the DH. They had three internal options. Nobody could have predicted yeah, that, was that bad all three of those guys were, even if like you were like me and said, well, Robinson Cano can't play baseball. Nobody could have seen coming that Dom Smith and J.D. Davis were going to fall off the face of the earth. Or something would just happen with J.D. Davis where all of a sudden this guy can't play in New York because he goes to San Francisco and he's the guy he was supposed to be with the Mets. Right, which was just they needed just somebody competent in there to be able to hit the baseball. Uh, Look, bottom line is, though, we've seen it now where you try to get cute and lengthen out the lineup and get uh, go with quantity over quality. I'm all about the quality. Build a top-heavy team. You'll figure it out with the bottom of that order. Build a team that has some mashers and all-stars in it the way that the Phillies did. And I think you'll be all right the majority of the time.